Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Morning again. It is the 25th of February, 2022. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Uh, I am Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. If you're just joining us for the very first time, we seek to bring the mind of Christ to bear on the matters of the day. Um, we are going to be talking about the situation in Ukraine in the second half of this hour. We always lead off on Friday mornings with a conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In in terms of headline news related to the media. And so we'll get to that in just a moment. But the other thing I like to do on Fridays um, is called the, the Friday Farm Report. And um, <clears throat> if I were raising corn or soybeans or wheat, I would be uh, saying, hey, I need to buy a lot of seed this year and plant a bumper crop anticipating that the people of Ukraine, the farmers of Ukraine, are either likely not going to plant at all or the entire harvest is now going to go to China via Russia versus the rest of the world that Ukraine ordinarily feeds um, being being the breadbasket of that part of Europe. So there you go. But I don't actually grow things like that. I have a little garden, um, which obviously is not anywhere near the time to plant yet. Um, I am uh, I am in the midst of a rain, rain, go away day. So that's the Friday Forum Report where I am. Rain, rain, go away. Come again some other day. Kids are out of school where I live um, because of so much rain. Total saturation. The river that we live on is out of its bounds. But don't worry, I live way up on the hill. So, And nobody else lives down at the river bottom level either where I live. So all is, all is well, just too much rain. Uh, state legislators in Hawaii, here are my other related news. It has nothing to do with my farm has everything to do with animal headlines that I have enjoyed over the last several days. State legislators in Hawaii are considering a bill to bring the feral chicken population under control. Yes, you heard me right. Apparently, Hawaii is overrun with feral chickens. Hawaii has a feral chicken population that has run amok. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a feral chicken. I just thought there were feral cats and feral dogs, apparently also feral chickens. You can imagine there were some thoughts about this at my uh, table. I have a chicken lover in my house. Matthew wanted to know how many feral chickens we could adopt and bring here. And I said that answer to that would be zero. So there you go. That's going on. There's a 500-pound black bear whose name is Hank the Tank. Um, and he's wreaking havoc in the town of Lake Tahoe. Hank the Tank... Um, which, by the way, an average black bear weighs somewhere between one and 300 pounds. Hank the Tank is like a 500-pound bear. The pictures of him, I mean, he, it's strange to say that a bear could look obese, but Hank Hank the Tank, I mean, he, he looks clearly obese. Anyway, wreaking havoc in Lake Tahoe. He has a love for leftovers, and that has made him increasingly bold, and he has now broken into more than 30 homes. 
He is undeterred by paintballs, sirens, or tasers. Yeah, so that's going on in Lake Tahoe. And then I have this story out of Henry County, Virginia, that I would like to share with you. Hats off here to whoever owns this particular goat. Sheriff's deputies were seeking to apprehend. They were chasing after a bad guy. So they were investigating a domestic assault. The person responsible uh, fled the scene. Deputy David Parnell was pursuing this person. And at one point, um, the, uh, the, I don't know, what do you call the bad guy? The person he's chasing, that person, um, the suspect. Oh, there you go. The suspect fled on foot and began crossing through over a fence line and across a field where in that field there was a goat. And so when the suspect reached the next fence line, the goat was in hot pursuit. And so Deputy Parnell followed the goat who was in the lead chasing the suspect until the goat pinned the suspect down and Deputy Parnell arrested him. How great is this goat? So anyway, the goat and the deputy uh, were fine. They flushed the man out of the woods, took him into custody. And Deputy Parnell informs all of us that the incident was resolved and the goat safely returned home. Hats off to the goat. That's what I have to say about that today. Um, in, let's see, in um, entertainment headline news, here's what I have for you at the intersection of the media and or entertainment and what's happening in Ukraine. Sean Penn is in Ukraine filming a documentary of the war in real time. Adam Holtz is going to bring us some other media headlines in just a moment. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. I uh, thank you for all of your text messages about the Friday Farm Report. Keep those coming, 877-933-2484. Adam Holtz joins us as he almost, off, well, he, he often does almost every Friday. Uh, hey, and so he, he works for Focus on the Family's Plugged In at PluggedIn.com. Hello, Adam. Hello, Carmen. Don't you want to send a film crew to Hawaii on this whole feral chicken issue? Oh, man, issue? feral chickens. I mean... It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like a movie, right? It or totally sounds like a movie. So a just to clarify, of... apparently everybody doesn't know what the word feral means. So these are dom- these were chickens who were once domestic, who have returned to the wild. So they like no, flew the coop, chickens, right? It's chickens gone wild. I mean, it is. that's it's, what we're talking about. It is. It's chickens gone wild. Feral chickens have formed social groups composed of one dominant rooster, several hens, and then other subordinate so it's roosters. just like the rest of life basically it's it's totally <laughs> oh my goodness the pictures i just will say the pictures are kind of funny okay moving on hey, um we have some sad i mean i think sad news right this um to remind us who night birdie like right remind us of this person and then share the news related to it well night birdie is the stage name of a young woman who was on america's got talent um her name was Jane, I think you pronounce her name Marszewski, if my my Polish or Czechoslovakian is up to speed. 
Um, and uh, she uh, she got the golden buzzer. If you've never watched America's Got Talent, normally they vote on, you know, whether somebody goes through to the next round after they do their their talent thing. But the golden buzzer, each judge has one golden buzzer that they can use over the course of, uh, you know, the auditions to send one person directly to the next round in Hollywood. So Simon Cowell, of all people, uh, buzzed her through. <clears throat> and um, it just was a, a pretty remarkable story in that she's an outspoken Christian. She went to Liberty University. Uh, she had to withdraw from the competition because of her battle with cancer uh, and uh, and has since passed on. So um, on one hand, I think um, obviously – it's a it's a terrible tragedy, and on the other hand, it seems like um, her testimony is is powerful. You know, she mm -hmm. said, "I spend a lot of time squeezing my eyes shut and trying to remember what I believe, counting my breaths in the grief cloud, burying my face into God's T-shirt." I remind him sometimes, and not kindly, that I believed him when he told me the story he wrote for me is good and that he never stops thinking of me. I must be a fool in love, because even from under all this debris, I still believe in him, and when I'm too angry to ask him to sit on my bed until I fall asleep, he still stays. I'm like, oh, man, that that's just heart-rending stuff. But, you know, when we talk about faith, faith isn't just for the good times, and maybe especially not for the good times. I mean, we need faith when things get hard, when we have questions we can't answer. And, and so I think her life was really a testimony to that. We're going to have um, Adam reflect on a headline related to Kanye West, but the headline you may see related to Kanye West today is in relationship to his wife, Kim Kardashian, who has filed um, in court to be declared single so that she can proceed with their divorce without his um, mutual consent. So that's going on in their family. But there's also uh, a Netflix docu-series, and we're going to ask Adam about that next. We're talking with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. You can find what we're talking about at PluggedIn.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen, and we'll be right back. I changed my name thinking that it would change my mind. All right, returning to our conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. Adam, um, why don't you brief us in quickly on this Kanye West uh, Netflix docu-series, and then I'd love to hear um, what, you're, what you're thinking in terms of other tech and entertainment headlines. Well, there's um, a director and music producer named Clarence Cootie Simmons, uh, who fairly early on in Kanye West's career just had a sense that God wanted him to chronicle Kanye's rise and career and that God was doing something in Kanye's life. And so there's now a new docuseries on Netflix um, called Genius. And Genes, of course, is spelled J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S. So you got to kind of squint at it a Kanye West trilogy. Um, and I think Kanye, we, we've talked about Kanye before. I think that he really has faith. And I think that 
he really has a lot of issues. And Mm -hmm. those two things seem to collide with regularity. But even on his first album in 2004, his very first single was Jesus Walks. And the chorus is Jesus Walks With Me. And so Kanye has had an affinity for Jesus from the beginning uh, and lots of other stuff that um, feels like sometimes it's about as far from Jesus as it could get and everything in between. So uh, I haven't seen this docuseries, but I suspect it would be pretty compelling stuff. All right. And what are you hearing on the entertainment front in terms of Sean Penn being in Ukraine, uh, like like literally filming a war documentary in real time? Well, here's my thought on that. I want to piggyback on that. So that's happening. I don't know if you saw the story of there was a woman who confronted Russian soldiers on the streets, I think, of Kiev, and basically with a lot of profanity told them off. And it was captured, and it's gone viral on social media. Um, the hacker group Anonymous has declared war on Russia. And it sounds like a joke, but I'm telling you what, these hacker groups, when they decide to take something down, I wouldn't want them coming after me. Let's just put it that way. And and my, my overarching observation is this is the first war of this magnitude sort of taking place in – the digital social media age. And I wonder, I wonder if, you know, people who have cameras on the ground who are filming things, you know, the Sean Penn thing, I think that this is going to be a different experience because the technology is going to enable us to be participants in that war, perhaps in a way that we never have been before. Now, some of that may be horrific. I'm not saying that's necessarily going to be something you want to watch. Um, But I'm just curious to see how all of these trends with social media, with viral video, with, you know, hacking, with Sean Penn over there, it's interesting to me what's happening. And and in that sense, I don't think this is going to be a war like we've ever seen before. We talked um, some with Chris Martin um, in the last hour about this very same topic, um, just recognizing that, you know, it, there has not been uh, in the Western world a war in the age of social media, in the age of digital communication, in the age where everyone has a camera and a yep. an international broadcasting network in the palm of their hand. Now, it yep. only lasts it only lasts as long as Internet connectivity lasts. And so we recognize Correct. that as well. Um, we also recognize that uh, if if and when Russia shuts down the power grid, which having taken over um, uh, Chernobyl um, is a possibility, um, you know, like all of those things play together in this conversation. But you are exactly right. I would say that the um, the courage demonstrated by the thousands of people who gathered against I mean, in, in opposition to their own government. Right. Russians right. on the right. street in Russia. Um, being yeah. arrested by the thousands um, for protesting these anti-war protests that are going on in Russia as we speak, um, but they are—they're holding up their phones. They're broadcasting what they're doing. They are—it's yep. um, a very—it's very different than anything we've seen in the past because we're not waiting on—we're um, not waiting on media in places where you know, frankly, in Russia. You know, the state media runs everything. So these exactly. social media outlets 
um, are really providing real-time information that we otherwise would not have. And I think it's giving, it's encouraging not only the Ukrainians, but it's encouraging, it's building up courage in others to go out and, you know, have stand with Ukraine protests, you know, even at the White House here in America. Well, and, and some of my very best friends are, have been missionaries in Kiev. They teach at a seminary there. They, they, they got out to Hungary a couple of weeks ago. Um, and to get even their updates from, you know, here's what's happening. Here's how you should think about this. Like a generation ago, we wouldn't have had any of that. And, and how many of us have some connection with somebody who's close enough to give us, you know, real time information, even over and above the kind of things we're seeing on the news. So I, you know, the communist thing thrives on secrecy and repression, but I think we have all of this technology that could be put to use in a way that, that makes that much harder. So mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see how that plays out. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, testimonies out of, um, you know, out of this war. Uh, Paul Perot, our producer, just um, just sent me a picture to screen, you know, to screen grab from CNN. And the Chiron says Ukrainians seen praying in public as Russia attacks. And that looks like based on the shadows, you know, that was at dawn. They're gathered at dawn. They're on their knees in public places uh, and they're praying. I saw uh, a photo, similar photo yesterday or the day before where Ukrainians were gathered kneeling in the snow. I mean, hundreds of them kneeling in the snow, praying. And so, you know, when when we have We've prayed for revival. We've asked God to to send a, a global great awakening. Um, and we don't always know when or how he's going to do those things. And yep. so with you, you know, I'm, I'm praying with Christians um, who are in Ukraine to be protected and encouraged, but also for this to be a time of very real witness. Uh, I think that's exactly right. And, and, and obviously... Prayer remains the one thing all of us can do. You know, there may be opportunities to donate um, here and there. I, I don't know what those are at this point, but mm-hmm. but we can we can all stand in prayer. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a horrible thing, uh, but those sorts of things that that we're talking about here also feel like flickers of hope amidst this horrible darkness. Yeah, maybe in addition to standing with Ukraine, we want to kneel with Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, Amen. absolutely. Amen. Um, I am. Um, I want people to know that if they visit PluggedIn.com uh, and they go to the blog, they can see the Plugged In Movie Awards yep. nominations. Nominations. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nominations. So we have four categories, kids, teens, adults, and best Christian movies, and you can vote for those on uh, on our blog, uh, vote for which one you like the best, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Fantastic. All right, that's Adam Holtz. Visit PluggedIn.com. Vote. Uh, vote in the Plugged In Movie Awards. The nominations are up now. As always, Adam, thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, Carmen. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio.
Well, as if on cue, um, in relationship to both conversations we have uh, had this morning, or two two of the many conversations we've had this morning, one in relationship to praying with the Ukrainian people in the midst of um, these very, very difficult times, uh, I'm hearing from a couple of you that uh, the image of the Ukrainians kneeling and praying in the snow um, actually, once fact-checked, um, is from a different time and potentially even a different location. Not that the Ukrainians are not kneeling, praying in the snow, but that the picture that went viral related to that wasn't from there nor from this period of time. So thank you for that. And that is directly related to the conversation conversations that we had both with Chris Martin and Adam Holtz today about verifying everything. So I can verify that the live shot on CNN of the Ukrainians praying at dawn this morning um, as Russia was raining down bombs on their country, uh, I can say that one's real because, well, it was in real time in a CNN live shot. So that one I can say, um, let's kneel with Ukraine in addition to standing with Ukraine as they are kneeling in prayer. So thank you for fact-checking in real time. I really appreciate that, and I think that's how this works. We, um, we see things, we share them, uh, and then we have to be willing to say, oh, I didn't know that that particular photograph, that particular video, that particular quote was from a different time or a different place. Thank you so much for um, you know, correcting me in that. So thank you. We were scheduled to have Jenny Lynn Schmidt join us next, a European correspondent for World News Group. Um, she is unable to join us, but we are going to uh, play a segment in, in the upcoming portion of, of this program. Uh, that's an interview that Jenny did. Uh, and so we're going to have that conversation in just a moment. We're also going to cover the headlines out of Ukraine. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. What you're hearing now is a recording of a family in Ukraine singing with faith that he will hold us fast, even in the midst of war. We're going to talk um, now about faith in the midst of war. So you are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I am Carmen LeBurge, and we seek during this show to bring the mind of Christ to bear on what's going on. And so in the days in which we now live, in which we find ourselves, we I want to bring in, um, you know, the testimony of those who are in Ukraine. I want to bring you their voices and what they're saying about what is happening um, where they are. So this audio is from Dr. Slavik Pej. Uh, he is at the Ukrainian Baptist Theological Seminary in Ukraine. I would like to give you a short update from Ukraine. We are under attack from Russia. Things are very difficult because there's a lot of chaos and we don't really know what is happening around the country. But as we learn, things are happening all over the places. We get an updates from our students that are packing and leaving their places if they can do that. Traveling is very limited in Ukraine. However, in the midst of all of that, we started this day today with our students who were in session 
with prayers, song, and praise. We believe that God will take us through it. In the midst of that storm, we are in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus is our stronghold. And in spite of everything what is happening around us, He is with us, and He will never leave us or forsake us. That's the faith that we have. This is the time for us to, relieve the, to show this faith to other people. But I do ask you to pray for us. We already accommodated about 20 students. Students are already in rooms and new students are coming tonight and we will have more students coming in days tomorrow and other days. We have we prepared about 100 beds right now. We're working on adding another 100 beds. We are trying to get things that are very difficult to get today. Our bank system is not working well. Our grocery stores are overloaded with people. Gasoline is in very limited uh, quantities. But we've been prepared for that before. So please, keep praying for us. If you have a chance to help us, please help us through our emergency fund and UPF. I will be giving you updates every day. But today, we lived through this first day of war and we survived. So please pray for those people that are in harm ways right now. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. We are being invited by our brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for them. And so let us do so. Father, we come before you acknowledging that you are great and you are good, that you hold the whole world in the very palm of your hand, that none of this surprises you, that your grace is sufficient even unto this. We ask for your sufficiency, like your all-sufficient grace and the provisions necessary. You are the great provider. And so, Father, we would ask that where there are people in need of um, a place, a safe place to lay their head, that you would provide that. Where there are people looking for food, that you would provide that. Where there are people um, in fear, that you would provide a Christian to show up and be light and a testimony of hope and a shoulder to lean on and a love that never fails. Father, we thank you um, for those Christians remaining in Ukraine, um, particularly those missionaries and ministries who are now preparing to serve people in great need. Supply for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Another uh, Christian in Ukraine whose testimony is posted at the Gospel Coalition. Um, this is Vassil Ostri. I'm probably mispronouncing his last name. Um, the article is to stay and serve why we didn't flee Ukraine. And so this is a missionary family giving testimony. He is the father of four daughters and the decision to remain um, even even when Mission-sending organizations were including missionaries to leave the country. They've been there, uh, this pastoral team, uh, including um, Vasali and his wife, have been there since 2016. They anticipated um, that the Russians would arrive. They had uh, bought in advance a supply of food and medicine and fuel. 
not only that they would be able to care for themselves, but um, he says that we would be able to help others rather than burden them. So he says this, ours is a family of six. We are raising four daughters. What I worry about most is my 16-year-old who travels every day for an hour and a half each way by public transportation to go to school. The media has warned that uh, when Russia invades, mobile communications will be lost. Public transit will likely collapse. Um, So I am thankful that her classes are now online. Uh, He lives in a city just 150 kilometers or 92 miles from, um, uh, from Kiev. And he lives on the border with, uh, with Belarus. So you and I now know um, that that border was a primary entry point for the Russian army. Uh, he says, uh, and again, this is posted a couple of days prior to the invasion, you know, and he says, you know, we've been told to uh, pack an emergency suitcase. And so I told my children, you know, he's, t- he's telling a six and an eight year old here. Um, to pack a backpack enough for three days. And in the past, that would have meant they were going on vacation to do something fun. And so the girls are asking, well, where are we going? Daddy, where are we going? And he says, at first, I didn't know what to answer them. And now I am telling them we're not going anywhere. He talks about the church's response and what it means to live in the midst of a society in a constant state of fear. And he says this, I'm convinced that if the church is not relevant at a time of crisis, it's not relevant in a time of peace. Um, He talks about having endured, the Ukrainians having endured this already in 2014, um, and there being now an opportunity for Christians to bear witness again. Um, and an opportunity for not only uh, Christians to bear positive public witness in the midst of great travail, but um, for the church to be a place where people can actually spiritually struggle. He says, as tensions have risen, our church announced a week of prayer and fasting, gathering every night to bring our requests before God. And for three days in a row, the lights were turned off in our city. And so we met in the dark, and it added a solemn atmosphere to our prayers for peace. People aren't um, getting a good night's sleep in Ukraine. Like, nobody is getting a good night's sleep. But they are remaining in prayer, and they're getting up in the dark. Um, Vassal Ostravi is a pastor at the Urban Bible Church and a professor of youth ministry at the Kiev or Kiev Theological Seminary. You and I have brothers and sisters in Christ throughout Ukraine. We have people like this, um, whose names we now know, with whom we are going to be on our knees, praying ardently for God to work out his will on earth in our days. I think the challenge is to pretend that we know what that means or what that's going to look like or how it's going to come or how quickly, or in what form. And so I am praying God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I am praying that the church would be found faithful as a witness to the resurrection and redemptive power of Christ in the midst of this 
current travail. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. Continuing our conversation about uh, the events unfolding in Ukraine, bringing the mind of Christ to bear on this particular matter. Um, CNN is reporting right now that uh, a former Ukrainian president is now in the streets with a rifle, having joined his brothers in arms. We are learning that uh, the nation of Ukraine has informed men um, between 18 and 60 that they will not be allowed to leave the country because they are needed to take up arms in uh, the battle against Russia. People in Kiev have been told to shelter in place as the nation's capital is now under active Russian attack. Um, shelter in place and prepare Molotov cocktails. Now, these are people who live in high-rise apartment buildings, Um and they don't have the kind of Second Amendment liberties that we have here in the United States. And so it was only days ago that the people of Ukraine were told um, that they were at liberty to possess um, a weapon, a gun. Um, and as my husband pointed out, um, just because you are suddenly it's suddenly legal to own a firearm doesn't mean you can get one or the ammunition you might need to defend yourself or your family. And certainly doesn't mean you know how to use it. Um, and you're not going to be equipped to do so against the Russian army. Like we're talking about um, trained, experienced military personnel and hardened by war. I mean, the Russian military uh they they have been actively on the ground in places like Syria. Um, what else is going on? Uh, let's see. This this one particular story um, led me to recall Jesus's words in John chapter fifteen: "Greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends." Um, <clears throat> there was a a bridge over which the Russian army was moving with armored tanks and preparing to move an entire another column of armored uh, vehicles across the bridge um, into Ukraine. And so the only option was to blow up the bridge, for the Ukrainians to blow up the bridge. Um, the young man who went and set those munitions to blow up that bridge um, on, the Belar- uh, on the Belarusian border gave his life, sacrificed himself in the act of doing so. Real parents are going to lay to rest real young men on both sides of this unjust war. And I want to have them in our prayers today as well. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is progressing. That's the Chiron uh, right now at NBC News. Missiles struck the capital city of Kiev or Kiev this morning, and both pronunciations are just fine. A number of you have asked that. Uh, is it Kiev? Is it Kiev? Um, both pronunciations are just fine. Ukrainian officials say, um, oh, this is uh, the same report uh, about the bridge 30 miles north of Kiev to stop the advance of the Russian forces. Um, again, a note here that Russia has already seized control of the Chernobyl nuclear plant where they are holding the staff hostage. Uh, you're going to hear that the United States uh, via the White House has demanded the release of those hostages 
U.S. intelligence, we're now hearing, uh, is concerned that Kyiv might fall under Russian control within the next 48 hours. So even as countries around the world are condemning all of this and imposing fresh sanctions, China has sided with Russia um, in, in the entire matter and is publicly blaming the United States. Russian, uh, the Russian ruble has fallen to historic lows against the dollar. The Russian, uh, Russian stocks have crashed. The, the U.S. economy um, is very resilient and actually the stock market, surprisingly so, having opened yesterday um, in a bit of a panic, you know, sort of found its stasis again by the close. I say all of this because all of these headlines matter. And they're woven together into the conversation that we're going to be having today with our children, with our neighbors, with our friends, with people at church. This is going to affect, um, it should affect, the prayers of the people on Sunday morning. Like, if your church isn't praying about this on Sunday morning, you need to, you need to consider that this is a concern that should ring large, ring loud in the hearts and minds of Christians here in the United States and around the world. Why? Because the world changed when Russia invaded Ukraine. And it changed in ways that we cannot turn back from. Um, It would appear that not only is Russia interested in a full-scale war, um, but but interested in the language being used by um, by U.S. intelligence is that Russia's intent is to decapitate the current government of Ukraine. They are bombing Ukrainian cities with no concern for civilian populations. Uh, the United States and NATO have issued some sanctions and will continue to do so. And you will uh, not hear from the United Nations, from the U.N., because uh, Russia and China are both permanent members of um, of the Security Council. And so it's it, it, the U.N., in my view, has now been rendered completely globally obsolete. That will have repercussions as well. Americans are being actively warned not only against rising prices. Uh, it's expected that gas is going to go above four dollars a gallon very, very quickly but against um, cyber attacks. And we've talked about that today as well. What are Christians to do in the midst of all this? We pray. We bear light. We shine. We testify. We stand with and kneel with and grieve with. We do all the things that we would do on any other day. But we do so with a sober awareness that we really do live in a global community. And we bring an eternal perspective to bear on the headline news of the day. Which means that we have a different perspective on the people involved and the events unfolding. Because we actually know that God is seeking, even in the midst of all of this, to get the attention of and draw into relationship with himself people who have not yet bowed the knee to Jesus Christ. That is 
for Christians the subtext of the entire conversation. So don't lose the plot of the redemptive narrative, even as the individual stories unfold. So with that in mind, um, I'm going to ask you, where in the word are you today? I'm in Acts 25. We'll talk about that in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. That's a Ukrainian church singing Amazing Grace. Needs no translation. I just love it. All right, we are in Acts chapter 25 on this 25th day of February. I'm actually on the podcast today with Angela Smith. You can find all of that at MyFaithRadio.com. One of the things that God has impressed upon me in in rereading Acts um, this time in our Read Through the Bible series at Faith Radio um, is just how intentionally the gospel advances across borders and around the world by the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the faithful testimony of people who believe. And in the same ways that the gospel went forth in the days of Peter and Paul and Stephen and Mark, let me go down the list. In those same ways, the gospel goes forth today by the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the witness and testimony of the believers. And today, that's you and me. Today, that's you and me. God intends that the gospel would advance today through the witness of his people. And those who are in Christ are his people. So where in the word are you today? I'm in Jesus. And yes, I'm in Acts chapter 25. Where in the word are you today? And how into the world does God intend to advance the gospel through your witness? Thank you so much for the privilege of this time together today. I count it an absolute privilege that you share this time with me. Have a grace-filled weekend, and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way, you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.